everybody. Welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly and check us out. We're available on all podcast platforms, so be sure to rate and subscribe. Tony and Jackie here joined by Andy Martinez. And a little bit later, we'll have Bruce Levine and Lance Brazdowski. And Andy, there's a lot to talk about as I sit here in front of my my own uh, bookshelf at home behind me, and it's kind of in reverse as we look at the camera, but it's a joy decoration, J-O-Y, and I feel like there's a lot of joy going on right now in the Cubs uh, fandom just in general after signing Dansby Swanson this offseason. So it, it was a crazy Saturday afternoon. I know you were on your way to dinner. I was in the middle of doing some home renovation stuff, so kind of crazy. That's the way these things seem to go, but what was your initial reaction upon hearing and seeing that Dansby Swanson has a seven-year deal. And, oh, by the way, $177 million is a pretty good wedding gift for a guy who just got married. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way to uh, be able to spend your honeymoon. I'm sure – I'm not sure – I'm sure he uh, didn't need to worry about where they were going to go out for their honeymoon. But uh, you can spend a little bit – You maybe you can get an extra dessert plate or something uh, while he's on his honeymoon. But, no, I, my initial reaction, kind of like you, is, oh, my gosh, like, finally, and also, like, Oh my gosh, I'm totally unprepared for this just because yeah. it's just, it was not expected. Like you say, in the offseason, you kind of have to be prepared for the unexpected. That's kind of what happened with Dansby Swanson. It kind of felt like it was always a perfect fit between the two sides. Dansby Swanson brought gold glove level defense to the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs needed, wanted to improve the, the shortstop position and move Nico Horner over to second base. They did that in one fell swoop. And it's, it's a deal that looks like it's going to work out for both sides. I think it's going to give the Cubs a really, really good middle infield that, you know, dare to say, or at least on early, early reaction, might be arguably the best middle infield defensively in all of baseball. Yeah, I think actually, I believe it was Jeff Passan tweeted that it gives the Cubs the best defensive middle infield in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's obviously not a Chicago guy. He's a national reporter. So for him right. to say that, I mean, and, and to be honest, I can't disagree. Dansby is coming yeah. off the NL Gold Glove Award and, Nico Horner was a gold glove finalist at second base in the shortened season in 2020. And, and honestly, I think both of us agree that he should have been a gold glove finalist this year at shortstop. Yeah. So yeah, if, you know, if both those guys are able to stay healthy. I do think that the Cubs have the best up the middle defense in the middle infield. And then Jan Gomes performed very well, handled the pitching staff very well defensively behind the plate. And then also in center field, Cody Bellinger is a former gold glove winner, former MVP as well. But Andy, I know one of the big things that we've talked about on this podcast and just in general, that spine of the defense going up the middle, especially with no shift and how important it is to have two middle infielders who are athletic, who can go get the ball, make plays, turn double plays, all of that. The Cubs have greatly improved that, that middle defense this season, this off season. They really haven't. It's something that Jed Hoyer said specifically at the winter meetings. He said, you know, one of the truisms that he really believes in is having strong up the middle defense catcher, second base, shortstop, center field. And they were pretty good at, at shortstop. When Jan Gomes was there, they were, they were good in catcher second base and center field were both kind of, you know, mixing and matching of different guys at the position. Now it's solidified it to the level of not only is it the position just solidified, but it's given you elite defense, which is so important in today's game. The the Cubs, when you look, when you look at certain, some of the teams that were at the top of any defensive metric you want to look at, whether it's defensive runs saved, outs above average, ultimate zone rating, UZR, a lot of the teams that were at the top were all playoff teams. The Yankees, the Guardians, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, 
you want to have good defense if you want to have success. And that's what the Cubs did in, in acquiring Dansby Swanson and in, and in acquiring Cody Bellinger. It immediately improves the defense to where they're at the point that they're in the conversation, at least defensively up the middle, that they can defensively, they can compete with some of those other teams like the Dodgers and, and the Yankees and the Guardians. And the important thing with that defense is, yeah, you want to take away odds from the other team, but it also helps your pitching staff. Think about what the, the biggest struggles for the Chicago Cubs in, in, in 2021 with starting pitching early on was they weren't getting length. They were, they were having to go to the bullpen in the fourth, fifth inning. So if you were lucky, maybe you'd get to the sixth inning when you could go to your bullpen. But now when you have good defense, you take away an out. Maybe that saves your pitcher 10 or 15 pitches. That saves one time through to the lineup that they don't have to see another guy. That just lengthens it for the pitchers that, hey, if, you, if, if Danzy Swanson steals, a, steals an out at short and then Cody Bellinger steals one in center a couple innings later, well, now my pitcher, instead of giving me four and two thirds, he's giving me you know, five and a third, five and two thirds, something like that, that now it's elongating the game. It's shortening the bullpen and it's making those guys more effective. You don't have to use a hundred pitches of Marcus Stroman to get through four innings. Maybe now you can go six, seven innings with a hundred pitches. It just, it just improves the whole team drastically having that, that up the middle defense that they sought to improve and that they did improve here in this off season. Yeah, and honestly, it just, I mean, that defense part, it goes back to, with the, the lack of a shift, it goes back to the way baseball was played when, like, we were growing up a little bit, yeah. whereas, like, before teams, and we saw this, the, the one example that always sticks out to me is, uh, I think it was the Brewers acquired Mike Moustakis, and they played him a bunch at second base, and it was like, this is a guy who had never played second base, he was always playing third, and it was like, well, it doesn't really matter, because, like, he's in the shift a bunch anyways, he's just an infielder. Patrick Wisdom, when he came up with the Cubs, you know, he was playing good defense at third, but he also played a bunch at like the shortstop type position and made a lot of really good plays in 2021 because of that as well, because the shift, you know, had moved early on. It was Javi Baez over and then later it was Nico Horner and stuff. So yeah, I think, you know, getting back to that and you have these two guys who are like these really good gloves who have range, who can turn the double play, who can do all of these things. It's very, very important. And it was obvious that the Cubs really prioritized that, but getting better in general in run prevention, right? Because one of their other big offseason signings, Jamison Tyone, who has the potential to be a a frontline starter, maybe a number two for them to open the season in the rotation. A guy, you know, former number two overall pick who uh, has had a solid career, but still has some room to grow. Well, like, guess what? His his potential looks even better now that they just signed Dansby yeah. Swanson and the ripple effects of moving Nico Horner over to second and just improving your overall defense. And by the way, having Dansby Swanson could help Morrell or Wisdom or McKinstry or whoever's at third base. They can, you know, could help them out there as well. So the Cubs obviously look to improve, strive to improve in that area. I think they definitely are a much better defensive team with the potential to potentially like be a very good defensive team. Ian Happ won the gold glove in left field. Seiya Suzuki is a solid defender in right field. You know, Alfonso Rivas playing first base, and we're not sure how much he's going to play. You know, he has the potential to be a good defender. Uh, Like we mentioned, Patrick Wisdom at third base as well. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that are coming for this defense. And oh, by the way, Dancy Swanson is a very, very good base runner. And so is Cody Bellinger. So like these guys, the Cubs got better in these ancillary type areas that don't necessarily show up on the on the stat sheet or on the back of a baseball card, but they got a lot better in some of these areas. And it and I think it it's the David Ross effect, right? And it's not just Ross. Like I think Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins, like this front office gets it. But David Ross knows that the little things help win games, the base running, the defense, and, and 
pitching, all of that is still a, to go back to what you said about a baseball truism, it is a truism. Like having, yeah. doing the little things well, preventing runs, being clean on the bases, not giving outs away, not making mistakes, all of those things, that helps teams win and can potentially lead to championship baseball. And I think the Dansby Swanson signing is just a perfect example of that and what the Cubs are striving for this winter. Right, and it's, it's no coincidence that some of the best teams in baseball, I mean, we look at who won the World Series, the Houston Astros, what's what's up the middle? Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, I believe it's McCormick in center field, and Martin Maldonado at, at catching position. That's pretty good core. Yeah. If you look at what the Braves had, where Dansby Swanson came from, Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris, Travis Darno, good spine up the middle. Those are things that are really, really important that, as you mentioned, I think that's the perfect word, insulary. If you would have just signed Cody Bellinger, if you just look at the Cody Bellinger signing, you think, okay, that's a nice signing. That's a improves your center field defense, whatever. If you look at just the Jamison tie-on signing, you think that's a nice signing. It, it improves your rotation. It, it, it eases some of the pressure off on the younger guys. Same thing with Dansby Swanson. When you look at it as a whole, you see this team got better very quickly. I mean, look at, look at where they were three weeks ago. Uh, right before the winter meeting started, you're thinking Christopher Romero, maybe at second base, Nico Horner at shortstop. You're kind of unsure about, about center field. And, and it's Jan Gomes at catcher, that, that middle, that spine that you talk about, not only are there question marks, but it, it's, it's just wasn't solidified like, like it is now. And it's, it, the team has drastically improved. That's what you look to do in the off season, especially at the window where they're at. You have to look at the, what the Cubs did in the second half where they were, very, very strong. They played very, very good baseball. They had really, really good starting pitching. And if you think that they can do that again, which the Cubs clearly believe that they can pitch well like they did in the second half of last year, then you are improve- Then you have to improve that defense and you have to improve the team overall in the, in the offseason, which is what they're doing to try to build off that build off that success. Because if you look at the division, it's it's the Cardinals definitely look really, really strong and they added Wilson Contreras and the offense is going to get better. But there's still a lot of question marks. We saw kind of some of the flaws that that team has in September and in the playoffs where they struggled to produce runs. Milwaukee has been so shrieky that, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of them night in and night out, especially after that Josh Hader trade, things seem to start going downhill for them. And then Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh are pretty far away from, from being contending teams that the Cubs are in the position where if they right, get the right moves, hit on the right, uh, hit on the right players and have success early on that they can build on, it makes things really wide open in the division. So, Andy, uh, how much better do you think the Cubs are now? Because we talked, uh, one of the last podcasts we did was you and I were on with Ryan Dempster, and he was thinking just based off of the Bellinger and Tyone moves in on their own, he thought the Cubs were 10 wins better. I, I think that's reasonable, to be honest. Just yeah. like, you know, especially if Bellinger can even – recoup 70% of his MVP form offensively, which I think is feels very reasonable, right? Like 25 homers, uh, 30 homers. That seems very reasonable. Um, assuming he can get back to that point. I do think the Cubs are 10 wins better Then adding Dansby Swanson to this. I mean, it's a guy who had 5.7 war last year on, on baseball references metric and was just under five in fan graphs. So like he might be worth five wins himself but then plus the rip, the, the ripple effects, like we said, of moving Nico Horner over, of, of improving things all around. And then Dansby Swanson is, by all accounts, a very good leader. He has a lot of intangibles. Like you mentioned, he already has won before. So I do think it improves. But I'm curious, like, what do you think? How much better are the Cubs now after this Dansby move? But just in general, this offseason, because, you know, they also added veteran reliever Brad Boxberger just a couple of days ago, too. I think they're definitely 
close to that pace that that Demp mentioned early on in the podcast of 10 wins. And you think about it, they, they played, a, I believe it was like a 90-win clip in that second half. If you go back maybe a little bit before the All-Star break, that they were playing at a 90-win pace. Don't think they're a 90-win team quite yet, but they're definitely improving that they're they're not a 74-75 win team, which is what they were last season. They're definitely better than that. They're closer to that 500 mark. They're probably a little bit better than that as it stands. And the thing is, they're not done, right? It's easy to look at that Dansby Swanson signing and think, okay, like, let's, you know, let's let's pull up the Mesa and let's start spring training and this this is the roster that they have. I don't think they're done adding, especially in the bullpen. I, I think they'll still look maybe for some veteran bats. There's still a lot of very interesting veteran bats out in free agency that could make a lot of sense. I mean, we you mentioned Alfonso Rios at first base, but great defense, but the, the bat wasn't totally there last season that if you, they wanted to improve the bat at first base in, in 2023, you know, that could add a couple wins there. Third base, if you, you try and platoon Patrick Wisdom, that maybe adds a couple wins where he's facing lefties and you have someone who can who can help against righties. I think that makes the team better overall too. There's just a lot that 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 could happen between now and then that, yes, the team is better, way better than it was at the end at the end of the season when they when they finished in Cincinnati but I think there's still more room for growth I don't I don't think it's as easy as saying yep this is what they are and, and they're done and this is what they're going to be I think they're going to continue adding and I think there's there's it's been no secret that Jed Hoyer has mentioned that there, there's been plenty of offers that they've made and there's plenty of moves that that are still still likely to come yeah for sure and, and I mean adding Dan's response and we we talked a lot about the defense and the intangibles and base running and stuff and we haven't touched much on the offense and yeah. You know, part of that is just because there were four big league or four of the big shortstops out there in free agency and Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts. Of all those, I, Danzy Swanson's offense doesn't really compare. Uh, it's not a one to one scale on that, right? Like his offense is, is not quite up to that level. The numbers haven't been so far. That being said, it's not like Swanson is, you know, a negative in that area by any means. The yeah. last two years, He's averaged 32 doubles, 26 homers, 92 RBI, 88 runs. Like that's a pretty solid guy, you know, who's OPS plus 107. So 7% above league average. He doesn't walk a ton. He does strike out a decent amount, but like, this is definitely a guy with power, with speed, uh, who can drive in runs, score runs, probably will hit in the middle of the lineup. So he's absolutely a, a pretty huge plus to this lineup for sure. And he's a guy that's durable. Like he posts up, he's missed just two games over the last three seasons. Uh, so I think all of that, like being able to pencil, have David Ross pencil him in the lineup every single day will affect the rest of that, that offense. But like you said, I mean, I, I, it's obvious that the Cubs have more to do. It's more that they want to do. Cause if you look at this lineup right now, th there's more that's needed. And I don't know how they're going to slot it all in. Um, I, I think a lot of people want to pencil Nico Horner into the leadoff spot and maybe he does hit there. I mean, his skill set's all right there, but I think the Cubs like him lower in the order, like that five, six, seven range, because he's also really adept at driving in runs. He's very, very good with runners in scoring position over his career. He's He makes a lot of contact. He moves the ball well. If there's a guy on second and nobody out, for example, like he, he really, really good and high success rate at getting the guy over, getting the guy in. That's the kind of guy you want in the middle of the order behind guys like Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, Bellinger. Like, so right now I, I feel like those four guys are kind of hitting above Nico. So you have a pretty solid, like two through six in some combination. I don't really know what they do leadoff spot. And, and I don't really know where Nick Madrigal fits in now either. And, and I think that's the yeah. big question mark is if the Cubs didn't sign Swanson, it was Nico Horner at shortstop. I think we all understood that the other three shortstop had already signed. 
there was nobody else out there that was worth moving Nico off of shortstop where he played very, very well last year. So it would have been a, a Nico and probably Nick Madrigal type of split. Madrigal first has to stay healthy, but secondly, now that he, now that Swanson's in the mix and Nico's playing second, I don't really know where Madrigal fits. I don't know where he plays. I don't know, you know, if he's going to play a ton really. And if he does, like, does he DH? Right now the Cubs don't have a DH option. Maybe they sign one. Maybe this becomes a moot point. But like Madrigal with two career homers, I, he's not the prototypical DH guy. That being said, like they did like him in the leadoff spot when he was going well, when he was healthy in August. And he's a guy that, you know, can get on base at a 340 clip. So maybe he is a guy that that leads off a little bit or Christopher Morell, Zach McKinstry plays third or leads off a bit as well. So I feel like the Cubs kind of have to solidify that leadoff spot still in front of all those other guys. And maybe that is where a guy like like Michael Conforto or somebody else out there in the free agency market uh, could end up sliding in and fitting in as well. Um, but yeah, definitely more to be desired, I think, on this offense, because while Swanson's a good fit and, and a good addition, Bellinger is still a question mark offensively. I, I think this lineup does leave something to be desired because Swanson isn't the same level of bat as adding a Trey Turner, Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts right in the middle of that. But again, you know, adding him in the two spot, two spot or three spot Cubs offense is way, way better than it was 24 hours ago. Yeah, I think the, uh, another thing that I thought was really impressive about Dansby Swanson is over the last three seasons, the 2020 shortened season included, he's missed two games, yeah. right? So he's the durability thing is there, right? You, you, you know you can pencil him in every single day of the lineup and he will be fine. You can move him to the DH if you want to get him off his legs for a little bit and Nico Horner is not that bad at shortstop. We, we've seen what right. he can do. It, it, it really it gives a lot of versatility. And, and Nick Madrigal, I agree with you, it's a little bit of a wild card. And I think in a lot of ways it could be a good wild card for the Chicago Cubs because when he, he's healthy, you've seen what he's been able to do. So if he can stay healthy, and let's not forget that a year ago at this time, we were having the same questions about Nico Horner. And, and look at how the conversations have turned. So I'm not trying to say that, you know, this time next year, Nick Madrigal's been playing gold glove level defense and it's going to be one of the, the, the breakouts of the, the Chicago Cubs. But I'm trying to say that Nico Horner had the same kind of question marks and the Cubs and Nico Horner worked out an offseason plan that kind of attacked some of the injury concerns that were happening. And he was able to overcome that, that you have to believe that Nick Madrigal and the Cubs are working towards those, some, some, some of those same fixes so that he can be durable so that he can play a full season. Because I think the bat has always been attractive to, to Jed Horner and the Chicago Cubs because they like the contact, like you mentioned, you know you're going to get a ball in play every single time he's up there. I don't think they're I don't think they're done by any means with with Nick Madrigal. There's been I've seen a lot of things you know from fans or or on Twitter that you know it's time to move on. But I, I think there's something still very very valuable in Nick Madrigal, especially you know like you mentioned the DH or on an off day coming in at second base or whether it's it's you know a pinch hit at bat. There's something valuable of a guy that can just put the ball in play, especially if there's runners on base, being able to either advance them or get a, get on base. There's he is, he's still something that I think there's something still there in the lineup that he can provide to the lineup. And I think that's something that's very valuable. And I, like we mentioned, it also lengthens it. Zach McKinstry is a very solid player, but I think to, to count on him for 162 is going to be asking a lot that now when you can pick your spots for him, I think that that increases his value. Same thing with Christopher Morrell. I think some of the issues with Christopher Morrell late in the season when he struggled was he was just playing a lot every day and he hadn't played, you know, every single day in the major leagues ever and now he's being asked to play every single day at center field at shortstop at second base at third base he's kind of moving all over the place he's not getting in a rhythm 
And I think having this ability to say, hey, you know, you're going to play center field today. You're going to play shortstop, you know, in a couple of days. Let's ease off the pedal. Like, let's ease off the gas pedal. I think that improves his value too. So I think just this signing alone just increases the value of everyone else on the, on the Cubs roster. Yeah, and honestly, it would be a great problem to have if Nick Madrigal continues yeah. to, you know, it actually like gets back to the form that he was prior to landing with the Cubs and and hits well. And it like the Cubs would love that, right? They would yeah. love him, you know, trying to fit that in and figure out if maybe one of them plays third or again, if DH is the spot or, or giving, right. like you said, a guy like Nico or Swanson days off, half days off and get that, keep their bat in the lineup and DH them. I, I There is something... Um, for sure. That's like appealing about that. And the Cubs hope that happens. Same with yeah. Christopher Morrell, who for two months when he came up, looked like, Hey, this guy's a core piece for sure. And he still yeah. played pretty, I mean, he finished pretty strong as well. So like to have guys like that, and then Zach McKinstry, Miles Mastroboni, like left-handed bats and those latter two who can play multiple positions and move around the field. It does give the Cubs a lot of options. I think they're a better team, obviously by not having those guys play every day, being able to pick their spots, being able to, to play matchups, platoon, all of that stuff, which I think they, they have the potential to do now, obviously, by signing Danby, Dansby Swanson. But I think really the big the big takeaway from the Swanson move, at least in my mind, is the Cubs obviously feel like they have the uh, prime opportunity right now to, to start getting back into the contention sphere, and they're looking to do that in 2023. And I don't think they're done. I don't think that – I didn't think they were done before this move. I think it's even more certain that they're not done there is more to do, probably adding the bullpen, probably adding to this lineup. And uh, when we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to hear from Lance Brazdowski and Bruce Levine talking about what more there is the Cubs could do and where they see potential fits right now on the open market. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tony, thanks a ton. We're happy to hop on the pod. I'm joined now by Bruce Levine. We're going to chit-chat a little about this new deal with Dansby Swanson. Seven years, $177 million. Bruce, they got their guy. When you first heard about this being reported, what was your reaction? Well, my reaction is they got more athletic. They got better in the defense in the middle. I mean, what has Jed Hoyer and the front office done in this offseason? They have added projected home runs, you know, probably 40 to 50 home runs. They've added stolen bases. They've added, most importantly, better defense. So you have up-the-middle defense at shortstop with Swanson at short. You're moving Horner over, who's a, a classic middle infielder at second or short. He's going to cover second base. Now that we don't have shifting anymore, this is essential to have good range from your second baseman over the past four or five years. Not that important because of shifting. You have a, a gold glove caliber center fielder in Bellinger. You have a gold glover in left in Hap. You have an outstanding right fielder and a gold glover from Japan in uh, Suzuki. So what they've done is they've improved their defense. They've improved their speed. This is right up the alley of David Ross. You can, you can feel that this is what Hoyer wanted in the front office, but you can also uh, understand that David Ross has his seal of approval on this deal. 
Yeah, and I think that that defense point plays into the strategy we've seen the Cubs go to over the last couple of years, which is not a purely pitching-to-contact approach, but definitely trying to get pitchers to induce weak contact. We've seen that with a guy like Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks historically prior to injuries and such has done the same thing. And I think that that as a whole, as a team, right, when, you, when you're on the defensive side of the ball now, so to speak, you have great pitching that is able to limit contact. And when that contact's there, it's weak, which allows you then to have two great middle infielders. Bellinger's an MVP caliber player and center field goal glove caliber, as you mentioned. I think this is very much going to be a pitching and defense team. But you don't think the Cubs are done, right? You think there's more to come. No, they need another couple of bats in there. And I think that the one guy that I like out there is Michael Conforto. Now, he missed the entire season last year. But before that, he's a 25 to 30 and a 80 to 90 RBI guy a left-handed bat, which is always coveted. And in the smaller ballparks in the uh, National League Central, the ball's going to fly. So uh, I I think another bat like Conforto, who is probably, from what I understand, going to come to a team on a one-year deal with an option, Mm -hmm. probably a mutual option, just to rebuild his value, this would be a win-win for for them. So I I think that's part of the, you know, the lineup's going to be a little bit more solid. Uh, you know, we're still hearing, uh, you know, other names out there as well. So uh, at this time, it's it's December the 17th, but I think the Cubs are far from being done right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I'd love to have a guy like Conforto in here on a one-year option, similar to maybe the deal that Bellinger signed, because it allows you to kind of bridge the gap between a lot of the minor league outfielders that we hope come to fruition. We're not exactly sure if they're going to come to fruition, right? We're talking about the guys like right. Brennan Davis, Canario coming off injury. There's a lot of guys out there that I think – could play, but not necessarily play in 2023. And if you're trying to win right. now, which it's pretty clear by adding a guy like Swanson, they are. I think if you add another guy like Conforti, you're able to DH him, mix him in there against righties with a guy like Mervis. That's a really, really good lineup. Let's say all they do the rest of the way is sign Conforto and Mancini. Yeah. So then you have left-right that uh, you can switch off at DH. You have left-right that you can switch off at first base, knowing that Mervis is going to be around. So uh, those type of Moves that aren't huge moves might be really important moves for the Cubs moving forward. Absolutely, yeah. And we, we, I feel like we didn't even talk much Swanson, but that's the reality, right? You add yeah. a guy like Swanson, and then the rest of the team starts to open up. You start to get kind of greedy, so to speak, thinking about what I they mean, could do. Swanson, the beauty of Swanson is he's missed only two games in the last three yeah, years. That's crazy. So, and he averages 60 extra base hits a year. Yeah. He, he's, he's an above-average shortstop, above-average range, uh, and he comes from something we haven't talked about, a winning program, a winning organization, a team that's used to going to the playoffs. So you're bringing in a World Series champion in uh, him as well. So with, with that in mind, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a great deal. It's a lot of money, $25 million times seven years. But I think they shaved down the years. I think from what I understand, it started at nine or ten years, came down to seven. And, uh, you know, the price of poker for $25 million for a starting shortstop and a gold glover caliber shortstop. It's probably a good deal for both sides. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job, especially comparing it to some of the other contracts where we've seen teams willing to go out to 11-plus years to flatten out that AAV, average annual value of a contract, to have less of an implication on the luxury tax bill. But, again, Swanson at seven years, $177 million. I think he's a great fit in this potential lineup, too. Maybe batting second, maybe even bats first, depending on what they want to do with a guy like Nico Horner. But Dansby Swanson, again, the new-look Cubs are looking pretty great. Tony, we'll kick it back to you, man. All right, thanks, Lance. That was good stuff there. So, Andy, we just heard Lance and Bruce break down a lot of options available in free agency for the Cubs, what more they need to do. So I'll turn it to you. What's the one main area of need right now for the Cubs? If you were put on your Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins hat, like what would you do to address this team? What do you think is the top of the list right now after this Swanson signing? 
think you have to go to catcher actually. I think catcher is the probably the, the the number one need that they need to solidify right now. Jan Gomes, we know his age. We know that it's not realistic to expect him to play even 150 games, let alone 162. And PJ Higgins was solid as a backup, but I think it's asking a lot for you know a guy who played a, the majority of or spent the majority of the season in the major leagues, but didn't play a lot. You know, there was they had three catchers: Wilson Contreras, Jan Gomes, and PJ Higgins. I think you need to go find another veteran catcher that can work with this pitching staff, especially with a lot of young guys that, that can help them. There's, there's a lot of interesting guys out there. Tucker Barnhart's an interesting name that a very de- defensive first, something that they've made no secret is what they're looking for in a catcher. Someone like of that ilk that can improve them both from a game planning standpoint and also defensive standpoint that solidify continues to solidify that spine. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't disagree with any of those points. I, I do think that, um, catching is a huge priority for this team right now. If you're losing Wilson Contreras and we saw them carry three catchers with when Contreras was healthy for much of 2022 with Gomes and Higgins as well. So uh, yeah, definitely. And you know, prospect Miguel Amaya coming up uh, he's dealt with so many injuries that I, it's hard to to really pencil him in for much production or, or really playing time in the big leagues in 2023 at all. So I'm with it for sure. Uh, for me though, I would say first base DH, I think is the number one priority. I do think the Cubs need to add for bullpen help, add catching, like, like you said. Um, but first base and DH, I think is a big thing because Alfonso Rivas has played good defense, but he hasn't really hit to the, to the level that the Cubs would have liked in the big leagues and beyond him. I mean, it's Patrick wisdom, PJ Higgins, and, and that's about it right now on the roster. Obviously, Matt Mervis can figure into that, but he he had a phenomenal 2022 season across three levels, even was great in the fall league. But I don't think the Cubs want to go into next season counting on him a lot. They want to give him time to to adjust, maybe get more at bats in AAA where he only had a couple months. And I don't think they want to feel pressured or forced or any of that. And, and I think they might have to if they don't add more to that, to that first base DH type spot. Because like we said, Magical is not a prototypical DH. And some of these other guys on the roster are better as versatile utility guys, depth pieces who can play multiple positions. So really adding one guy who could play first, who could play DH, who could do both. I think that's the, the top need for the Cubs. Because also, I just think they need more offense. You know, one injury to some of these big guys and the, the offense starts to look you know, a little bit more thin than, than you would certainly like from a contending team. So that's where it stands for me, for sure. I think there are several guys who could fit Trey Mancini and who Bruce just mentioned, Michael Conforto could fit in DH outfield. There's a lot of guys out there that could still fit. Um, and then, you know, now that free agents are, are really coming off the board, I think all the top 20 guys are off. Maybe trades start becoming more of a factor and maybe that's where the yeah. Cubs get into it too. So Definitely a lot more off season. One thing that stands out to me though, is I, I just can't believe that like, we're not even to Christmas or the new year's yet. And like I said, the top 20 free agents are all off the board. Uh, this is just moving so much faster. It's more like NFL and NBA. And like, I'm here for it. This is, this is awesome. I love seeing baseball yeah. this active and this exciting in free agency. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I think we, we both went into winter meetings expecting kind of a quiet winter meetings, yeah. especially given how it was in 2019, 2018, where there wasn't a lot of deals. Kind of felt like it was going to be a quiet winter readings. That was very rushed. And now it seems like it's going really, really crazy. And as you mentioned, the trade season's only going to get crazier too, because there's going to be, there's going to be teams that want to get creative and how they acquire players, how they improve their teams. And I think the Cubs, with some of the prospect capital that they've acquired over the last few years, can definitely play in that market if they see a fit that, that makes them better and makes, their, makes the franchise better overall in the long haul. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it's every time I'm looking at my phone, it, there's just another big signing, you know, like the Aaron yeah. Judge deal or the, the Bogarts or whatever. There's just so many different moves out there, like Andrew Benintendi, obviously, going to the south side just a couple of days ago as well. So it's been a ton of fun. Uh, obviously, it's really nice from our perspective just to see the Cubs be, you know, doing something in, in, yeah. in this area. It's stuff for us to talk about, improving the roster, putting a better product on the field. I know Cubs fans are extremely happy with that. Uh, so it'll be really cool to see what more is in store for Jed Hoyer's front office to see what this final roster comes. And obviously we'll evaluate it then and we'll have all the news here on the Cubs weekly podcast. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs weekly podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe and rate the pod on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast and check us out in video form on the marquee sports network app and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in and Cubs fans go have some fun this weekend and rejoice in the Dansby Swanson side. We'll